You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 127, Avatar, hosted by Dan Terry. The guy's all like, well, I, this is the ultimate example of finished death metal. Jeff Kane. Can you wait around for just about 30 minutes? I'm a specialist now. And Joseph Wren. Let it burn. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you wondered how this podcast was going to get from Pig Destroyer to Pig f- then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Somebody opened the box. But what the fuck, man? You can't say pig f- Apparently you Apparently can't not, either. Man, that thing just comes active. God. Every time it senses that you're conscious, it starts <laughs> bleeping everything in sight. Yeah, just like, oh shit, Jeff's on the show. I better fucking get in gear. Well, we were lucky enough to uh, find Jeff on a free night, and uh, he was happy to come on and talk about Avatar, as they are a band that I would definitely throw into the camp as, quote, a Jeff band. But as they go, we start to find that they're actually more of a Joe Joe band. band. Yeah! (laughs) Do you want to be heavy as fuck and then be theatrical and hard rock and transition into butt rock with costumes? No. No, I don't. I'm trying to figure it out. Why is it that all of these fucking badass melodic death metal bands from Gothenburg, Sweden go from badass motherfuckers to just shit on a stick? Because they're not the only ones. To quote you directly, Jeff, I believe you once said it was a money thing so that they could play it live. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> because here we go. Here's another uh, melodic death metal band from Gothenburg that was underground, was fucking phenomenal, sold out. And then they started making a shit ton of money. All I needed was some face paint. Well, that is typically how selling out works. I know. I am, I get it. I get it. I'm still waiting for my day to sell out. Me too. I, I'll, like, pierce my nipples and paint my nose red and call me the sadomasochistic Grant Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm cool with that. I thought you said you were never going to do that again. <laughs> I'll do a straight butt rock podcast. What other band really is uh, still doing it from, from the Gothenburg scene? I mean, obviously... We went into In Flames as far as we could. Really, none of them are. Dark Tranquility is the only one I can think of that comes close. Shit, that's... Arch Enemy is still doing it. Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't gotten necessarily softer. No. Uh, the songwriting really maybe isn't as good as it used to be, but in levels of in levels of, of, of metal or death metal, they, they're still there. Uh, Soil Work has basically been a synth bot band hiding as a death metal band for years. Oh, that one hurts. It. That hurts, but it's the truth. I didn't say it was bad synth-pop. It's really good stuff. So I guess the biggest question I have is why do I keep doing this to myself? You know, you you throw out a debut album, and I'm like, oh my god, where have you been my whole life? And they're like, hey man, it's no thoughts. It's it's thoughts of no tomorrow. We love you. Check this out. This is a gift for you, Dan. And then the Black Waltz comes in a few years later. Well, that's the last decent one. We're gonna get into all that. There's a little bit of house cleaning we have to do tonight. We just did an episode on Alice in Chains featuring Jason from Metal Jesus Rocks. And let me just say thank you to everybody that checked that episode out. It was a lot of fun having Jason on to get his thoughts about Alice in Chains. And that episode pretty much surpassed anything we've posted recently. <laughs> so, number one, I want to thank Jason for sharing that and uh, just for getting word out about the podcast and uh, just watching the episode blow up like that. I, I was like, oh my God, guys, we made it. All it took was me leaving. <laughs> 
magic. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Jeff was gone, it's been, you know, <laughs> just shoot for the stars. But before we get underway with this classic episode, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And the reason we love them is because they help us come up in search results. You guys have heard me make this speech a thousand times. So just leave us a review. Then I'll stop. I'll stop. Once everybody's left us a review, I'll stop. I promise. Yeah, what's taking you guys so long? I'm tired of hearing that crap from Dan. Speaking of other countries, it has recently come to my attention that the iTunes reviews that we get or the Apple podcast reviews that we get, they're only from the United States. And that there were several from Germany. And, well, there was one from Germany one from uh, Finland and one from the United Kingdom. And I didn't ever read those on the show. And I just want to apologize right now for that. So I'm going to read all of them. If you guys got time, we have the time. All right. Well, the first one is from Finland. It is a five-star review by Nordic 85. And he wrote this back in 2018. So just to show how behind I've been on, on our international reviews, he says one of my favorite podcasts at the moment, long episodes filled with eye opening discussions about some of my all time favorite bands, Extra point for not being all about true metal. Uh, we try to cover most subgenres of heavy metal. Whether they're popular or not doesn't really matter. I wasn't aware true was a subgenre of metal, though. Well, there's a, there's a lot of these guys that, you know, you talk about a corn song or something and they all freak out. Yeah, I think talking about, like, doing new metal, essentially. Another one from last year was by user Newdolph from the United Kingdom. And he writes, a decent podcast. These guys have created a good podcast, which is enjoyable to listen to. It's also very informative. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. And I apologize. I did not read that on the show last year. The last one I've got is from user Reb.87 from Germany from April 4th of this year. He says, my favorite podcast. I've been listening to discography discussion for a while, and it's by far my favorite podcast. Music is a huge part of my life, especially metal. But unfortunately, I don't have a lot of friends that are metalheads. So I don't get to talk about it as much as I'd like. Having three guys talking about bands that I am also a fan of and also introducing me to cool bands I didn't know about is just awesome. It makes me wish I was part of the conversation. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to the Every Time I Die and Anthrax episodes. I really want to find out why Dan Tara hates Anthrax so much. Because <laughs> they suck. I thought we covered that know, on the Pantera show. Anthrax? I'll tell you all about it on the anthrax episode <laughs> and over on facebook we got a facebook recommendation from cameron lee mckinnon who writes hands down the best podcast about metal that i've listened to incredibly interesting insightful and gives us fresh perspective on bands i love or dislike you knit you guys need to do a black dahlia murder or fit for an autopsy episode i would Ooh. love to hear your guys opinions on those groups fit for an autopsy I might have to. Well, I'm, uh, not, I'm, I'm not going to say that we're not going to do the Black Dahlia murder, but I, w- I would stay tuned. We got a comment on YouTube regarding episode 123, Alice in Chains. Jebber Gaming Jaws says, Dirt may be my favorite album of all time. So effing powerful. I wish I would have been on that one. You want to give a quick synopsis of your opinion on Alice in Chains, Jeff? No, I'll just give you my favorite. It's just, it's Jar of Flies. 
hands down. Yeah, sorry, you've been stricken by the no EP rule. I'm just kidding. We broke that twice on that episode. It's kind of hard not we to. We talked about sap and jar flies. That's okay. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the EP rule later for my uh, album of the week. So <laughs> you can that, it could be your album of the week. That's fine. But normally, yes, we do employ a no EP rule here on discography discussion. But you know, when you got Metal Jesus on the phone, Metal Jesus is allowed to break the no EP rule. So who broke the rule first? No, I broke it with. I know I broke it with Nine Inch Nails. I broke. I'm the first one to broke that broke the EP rule. What? And I know. I, I thought that somebody did it before I did. I just couldn't remember which episode it was. Hopes fall. No wings to speak of. Okay. So that means everybody needs to go back and listen to those uh, breaking the uh, the ever important EP rule. As Dan mentioned earlier, the social media conversation for Alice in Chains blew up, and I want to thank Metal Jesus for that. He was kind of the instigator. There were so many comments and tweets and Facebook messages. I don't think we can set aside an hour to read all of them. So I want to read one that stood out to me, and that came from Sean Nicholas Jarvis. This is awesome. The crossover I didn't know I needed. Well, I don't know if it was the crossover you needed, but it was definitely the crossover you deserved. It's, it gets complicated, you know? <laughs> Be in the dark night, living in Gotham City. Nothing makes any sense. It's all just leather and action scenes and gravelly throat singing. Kind of like this show. I also want to take some time to say thank you to all of our patrons. You help us make this podcast happen every single week. And we want to thank you all for your contributions and your support. We got a comment on Patreon Review 59, Eternal Forward Motion by Employed to Serve. Thank you, Lance, by the way. Patrick Aspelin says, Great band. For similar female-fronted metal, I recommend the band Ithaca and Azusa. I've never listened to either one of those. Well, the second band he mentioned has members of Dillinger Escape Plan and Extol. So take from that what you will. In other words, it, we probably ought to check it out since we it's like probably, those bands. It's probably really good, right? It is, actually. I've, I've listened to the record a couple of times, and it's just been my little secret. So, Dan, tell me about Avatar. Avatar used to be a Swedish death metal band. <laughs> even though even though a lot of people would have, would describe them now as a Swedish heavy metal band if you look at the band's bio uh, on all their various uh, websites it will say that they are a Swedish heavy metal band this is incorrect technically speaking avatar started off around 2001 and they played gothenburg death metal if you've been listening to this show long enough you know exactly what i mean by gothenburg death metal or melodic death metal or mellow death Basically, Old in Flames, Dark Tranquility, At the Gates, Arch Enemy, all of these types of bands. There was just an explosion of melodic death metal bands in the early 2000s and late 90s. These guys, they did it, man. Their, their, their first release is, in my mind, one of the best representations of what melodic death metal is and what it can be. 2006, Thoughts of No Tomorrow riffs dude riffs and solos that is this album vocals are like generically gothenburg i think it's my only complaint about the album at all is that the vocals are it, it sounds like old uh old at the gates not super old at the gates uh but uh sounds like old at the gates old in flames a little bit it, it's kind of the the melodic death metal screech i call it instead of it being just like guttural deep vocals like you'd get out of like a like an American death metal band. First thing I noticed was how they are buried in the mix. 
reminded me of classic Tooth and Nail, where it was just turned down six decibels too low. I, I think that uh, this is to showcase uh, lead guitarist, and uh, I actually like it because, like Dan said, the the vocals are pretty generic for this style. So I'm more interested in the music for a change. I'm not listening to the the vocalist as much as I am is trying to listen to uh, what's being played behind him. Which that is kind of a uh, unusual thing for me to say, but I, I definitely it worked this go around for me. I think the biggest thing is that musically they really deliver. Like they've they've listened to what the best of Gothenburg was at that time. So they're kind of borrowing the best elements of At The Gates and uh, even even early soil work and even uh, stuff like Dark Tranquility whenever they got into their more melodic stuff. Well, the, the guitars make me think in flames. Yes. And that's what I think I like about it. And that's why I want to keep hearing it. And uh, yeah, this the first album, it, it's a solid freshman effort. I was very, very happy. And then, like you said, I mean, this came out the freshman, you know, release came out in 2006. The band's been around since 2001. They've had plenty of time to listen to Mellow Death and come up with their own incarnation of it. And I think they do a really good job of it. Uh, like I said, the only thing that I that I think Dan and I are on the same page, we can complain a little bit about the vocals. And uh, I don't particularly care for their vocalist to begin with, so I'm okay with them being turned down in the mix. <laughs> well, the biggest thing that I had to ask myself listening to these early albums by avatar was this is really cool i like this what is it that is going to make me listen to this instead of in flames uh i it's instead of it i think is the wrong way to look at them it is to be included with uh whenever you're talking about early in flames it's a nice complimentary piece i think in a lot of ways though it's unique because to answer my own question it was more Again, maybe you're right. Maybe it shouldn't be an instead of, because there's nothing on this record that's going to be better than what you'd find on something like Colony, you know, or or even Clayman or, or something like that. But these guys deliver in a way some of the early Mellow Death fans didn't. They kind of follow through. They repeat melodies, and their solo work is just blazingly on fire. Every single guitar solo is a spectacle. They don't just throw it in as, as like, dressing. Yeah, I think these were I think these were some really really well thought out composed songs and this record actually really stands out in their discography because of that. You know, you can you can criticize them for being kind of a, a copycat band because they were they they absolutely were jumping onto a trend and actually jumping onto it whenever it really wasn't as popular anymore. So you got to think by 2006 In Flames didn't sound like they sounded on horrible. Right. But I think that's yeah. probably part of the reason why we uh have a soft spot for the first album is because for you and I, I know that's kind of like it's kind of, you know, that's our jam. We love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I definitely cut my teeth on a lot of this stuff. And knowing that there was a band out there that was forwarding what we loved, you know, it felt good. I mean, just like I know that there's people out there that, you know, never got tired of new metal. This is kind of how that is for me. I mean, man, I could listen to Mellow Death all fucking day I really could. I mean, it it is probably my favorite, you know, even though I'm a big tech and prog guy, if you ask me at the end of the day, what style would I like to listen to for the rest of my life if I had to choose would probably be Mellow Death. So what happens when you take a Swedish a Swedish death metal band and and mix them with like a, a technical death metal band? You get Meshuggah. Sugar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what Meshuggah does in his 15. <laughs> anyway, 
yeah, this this record is killer. It's one of the best debut albums I've heard, especially from this style. Because even even bands that we claim to love, like Dark Tranquility um, and In Flames, and even At the Gates, their really early stuff really wasn't that incredible. No, but that's because they were the pioneers and they were trying to figure it out. the The groundwork had already been laid by 2006, so you know Avatar had plenty of examples to go off of. So like you said, you know, it's 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 nothing groundbreaking. I guess in, in, to a certain extent it's safe because it's a well-established genre. The only thing that may be not make it safe is the fact that it wasn't as popular by the time it came out. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that may have led to some decisions that they're going to make later on down the road. Yeah, agreed. Jeff, this album title is all you. 2007. Schlocked. Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, so like, so like schlock? Schlock? Is it just a bunch of schlock? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I'm just being a, an ass because that's my job. It's a little bit of self-parody here. Are we making fun of ourselves already? The music does not reflect that one bit. It's more of the same fast, intense, melodic death metal, Gothenburg-influenced. It's definitely what I want as a unpleasable metal fan. Ladies it's more of the same stuff. Unpleasable metal fan. And I'm and I'm totally fine with that in this case. There is the least amount of progression in this band from, if you want to call it progression later on, but this is the least change between albums that they had. This, this album is very much a continuation of the first album. I'm kind of okay with that. I'm going to throw something in. Uh, schlocked means battle. Is that the theme of Avatar, Jeff? I don't know, but that's what the name of the album means, is battle. You've seen them go on stage in their general outfits, right? Schlock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised they used a German word instead of Swedish. Well, they definitely are still very much ingrained in the Gothenburg death metal type of sound. And I, I love that about this album. But what I will say is that this is where... I don't want to say the well was running dry. I mean, this stuff sounds spectacular, but not quite as spectacular as the first album. Um, I disagree. This could be, it could be, at least to me, that, you know, they had five years to write the first album, and this was, we're going to springboard off of that and do something similar. The songs just really didn't hit me on this one like they did on the first album. Well, I do think that you are on to something with with that. I mean, with, with the short amount of time that they had, you know, it's very possible they were like, okay, this album is really the A's, A side, and this is the B sides. Doesn't mean that the, you know, the B sides are bad. I mean, you know, since I'm on the podcast, I got to mention Sunny Day Real Estate because that's kind of my job. So Diary was the A's, Pink or LP2 was the B sides from the recording sessions for the most part. And with a short, like I said, the short turnaround that they had, it's very possible that they had a bunch of material. Because they were a band for five years before they released their first full LP. I mean, it's very possible that you know there was they already had most of it written already. But I like it. I mean, I don't think there's really anything wrong. Uh, I would put it on par. But that's just me. I think that Schlocked and Thoughts of No Tomorrow are one and the same. Dan disagrees with me in his beautiful silence. Like whenever, I, whenever I say that, oh, I don't, it didn't hit me like the other album. Like, keep in mind, I thought the other album was incredible, you know. And so, whenever I say that, I'm saying it's still great. It's just not amazing. And I think part of that is because 
again, it's this double standard that I live by where you have to be do the exact same thing that you did before, but you also have to do it better, and it can't actually be exactly the same thing. With I'll, I'll argue with you on that. I think the vocals are way better on this album. Well, the vocals are much improved. They're not as screechy. Yeah, as they were, they they sound a lot more competent as far as like having an authoritative bark. Yeah, this is one of the few. There's only a handful of albums of theirs that I actually can tolerate his voice on, and this is absolutely one of them. Uh, there's not. Is it because he sounds just like Anders? And you say that as if it's a bad thing. Whenever <laughs> when Anders is not clean singing, he's fucking god. It wasn't a bad thing in 2007. What happens when this guy clean sings, Jeff? Oh, it goes to shit, just like it does with Anders. I disagree heavily. I think this guy is a way better clean singer than Anders. Oh, I didn't say what kind of shit, but it is still shitty to me. And it might be because of the music and not necessarily his voice. But we can all agree that this is still very much in the same vein as the first album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. They were still carving out the fan base. They're still trying to win us over with solos and just melodic riffing and, and kind of catchy, bouncy type of songs. I haven't been able to locate any live performances from this era of Avatar. Most of what I have found is from the Black Waltz forward. I wonder if the band was as theatrical in their presentation in the mid-2000s. I don't know. But when I listen to this, it sounds like a band that goes up on stage and gets attention. I can tell you right now that they were not as theatrical. So did that start around the Black Waltz, or was that just... I actually have the story whenever we get to that. I actually have the story for you. I'm looking forward to that because my suspicion at this point is... The lead singer woke up one day and had an idea. Well, technically, it's not far from that. He didn't see a King Diamond video on TV and just be like, hey. Nope. (laughs) I I should do that. But a makeup artist might have. Okay. 2009, Avatar. This might be my favorite album of theirs. It's kind of, uh, they haven't gone exactly where we know they're going to go in it's an area that i particularly despise but it's enough of a change to pique my interest but hey that's that's just me i liked this album because it was different they went heavier in a few places they went softer in a few places they really almost i mean i hate to say it they don't really even sound like the same band which i think is okay it's this weird mixture of like this this more traditional heavy metal sound mixed in with the Gothenburg death metal stuff. Yeah, but like they kind of keep the rhythm and the speed up. But now they're not just playing like the bam 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 riffs of Gothenburg, but they're actually kind of going for more complicated riffing and more more actual dynamics in the songs. Yeah, for me it's like they uh it's like a bit of metalcore mixed in with, you know, mellow death with some groove thrown in. I I get like that kind of you know Texas metal kind of feel on some, which of is really stuff. weird coming from a band from Sweden. Yeah, but I, but that's really what I get from it, and I I kind of dig it because I I have to admit, you know, I I really do like groove metal as well, and it I think it was just the amount of theatrics that are in in this music, it, in my opinion, is just the right amount of garnish. You know, it's it's the cherry on top instead of the whole fucking jar. And uh, I, I really like that whenever you can just give me enough to make me want more. And that's what this album does for me. This album is by no means a carbon copy 
but the vibe reminds me of Haste the Day. It's that metalcore tempo with those manly baritone choruses that don't appear to be sang by the lead singer. Is he singing these choruses? Do you know? I'm pretty sure he is. He is a... Um, I've, I heard the guy talk, and his speaking voice is... definitely. This is definitely within his range for his speaking voice. Well, whatever vocal coach he got between this album and the next needs to be fired because <laughs> what we get later does not sound like this. This is still kind of beefy. It's got that hardcore metalcore feel to it, which is not the same as the previous two albums, but I'm still happy with what I've got. They definitely took influence from a lot of American metal bands. Like that's that's obvious that, that, that they wanted to have a little bit more of an American sound. And that's not hard to do because if you were a mellow death band, all of the bands in America ripped off of the mellow death bands and then started kind of trying to create their own sound from there. So in right. a lot of ways, it's not that big of a stretch. No. And that's why to see I, how we got here. Right. That's why I mentioned the metal core, because that's essentially that that is the American version. I'm going to be honest. I think the clean vocals sound really good in places. And other times I think they sound like total garbage, uh, like on Roadkill. I, I can't. I just can't do. I just can't do the vocals on that song. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 mousy and, and high pitched, and I, I don't like it. Uh, I also didn't. I also thought that the screaming vocals on this were a step down uh, from the previous album, which is kind of weird because like I think the music goes more aggressive. I think the vocals are kind of caught in this weird middle ground where they don't know whether they want to keep the vocals heavy or not. So you've got you've got like that gruff singing that joe was talking about like the deep manly stuff but then they'll also throw in like a bunch of weird high-pitched like wannabe tim the ripper owens type stuff so king diamond doesn't doesn't work yeah but it doesn't work at all (laughs) and so like this record's real up and down for me there's certain songs that i think are fantastic and then others that i'm just like why did you why did you do this to me yes to me is this a good example of popular metal in 2009 yeah i think so yeah especially in europe i can see uh this essentially they have you know they become lordy at some point which is we're not quite there yet but we're getting there yeah they turn in they turn into lordy around 2016 yeah it's 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 good it's i like the fact that they're uh keep me on my toes and they're trying a few things but like you said i understand your this this taste of the high-pitched vocals on roadkill it's probably one of the weakest spots uh is that high-pitched squeal because it's that it's exactly that i'd rather listen to a pig i think right well there's some there's something that they want to do to a pig oh uh, yeah that's the, the track song. that's the track after roadkill yeah <laughs> so you know i don't know if the two events are connected or, or not but uh I, I will say i think it was a transitional album i think they were throwing some stuff at the wall you know, just to see what sticks, just to see, you know, can we get away with this or should we go back to the Gothenburg stuff? Because they kind of go back and forth a little bit on the self-titled, which is kind of weird that that would be the self-titled record because it kind of seems like the identity of the band isn't really solidified yet. Would you think that in 2009, though? Well, I don't know, because I, I have to have the perspective of where they went afterwards to make that kind of claim. This is their first charted album. Granted, it was in Sweden but it's the first time they charted anywhere. And I could see that too, because the songs are catchier. The general metal fan would probably check this out before checking out the first two albums. Yes. Number one, because this is probably the only album that was for sale at the record store. (laughs) 
So oh, you and by just the way, take what you can get. Pig fucker is way better than Roadkill. Oh yeah, it's it's one of their more brutal songs. On yeah, the it is. Totally dig it. Between 2009 and 2012, something happened. Jeff knows what it is. I don't. How did we get to the Black Waltz, Jeff? Well, to get to the Black Waltz, we have to lose our badass frontman, who is a shredding machine. He left, and that's uh, Simon Anderson. Uh, that's step one. And step two technically doesn't happen until after the Black Waltz is released. And what is that? Hail the Apocalypse is next. So it doesn't take full flight until Hail the Apocalypse. So I will tell... Uh, let's talk about Black Waltz first, and then I, I'll use that as the transition. You guys are going to have to defend this one from me, because this is some pretty bro stuff. Oh, it's bro. Uh, going, on in the, going on in the Black Waltz. This is the wrong album to hear first, if you're a fan of the band Avatar. Trust me, I know. I heard it. I liked it, because it was kind of quirky and different. It sounded like an album that could only come out of Sweden... Finland, European metal scene, because it was so over the top and intense. It's got the thrash guitars with these weird vocals that are sometimes mellow and then other times just extreme. The first thing I ever heard off this album was Smells Like a Freak Show. I don't know if this album is supposed to be a concept, but based on what comes after this, I'm going to go ahead and say The Black Waltz was a concept. Somebody was listening to King Diamond and said, I want to do that thing. Didn't you hear an edited version of that song? When we were talking about Haste the Day, Dan mentioned songs that are released that don't have the same vocals that are on the album and how that's a marketing decision that is deceptive and doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But could you really sell those hardcore vocals to the general audience? No, you could not. If you look up the video for Smells Like a Freak Show right now, you're going to see something very similar to American Horror Story with him whipping this person in the middle of a dust field. But he's doing a totally different type of vocals, more akin to a Marilyn Manson than whatever this is. So I hear that. I go by this album and I still liked it because it was weird and quirky and sounded like something that could only come out of Europe. When you work your way backwards, you realize this band, something had to happen where they said, we're going to do this carnival thing instead of what we were doing before. Yeah, it, they're not quite to the carnival, but they definitely have um, pulled into the parking lot. No question about that. <laughs> well, to Joe's point about can you sell this to the general audience, I think you could. They didn't try to, though. They were trying to go bigger, I think. Uh, you could definitely sell extreme vocals to the general audience in Sweden. I mean, have you ever seen In Flames play in Sweden? Like, I realize not, like, physically, but, like, if on YouTube and stuff. It's insane. The audience reacts to them like it's a Linkin Park concert. Like, everybody starts jumping up and down, doing the metal horns and stuff. It's all very, like... I'm 16 and this is my first concert. Yeah, th this was what it would have been like if uh, it was 1984 and you were a 17 year old in the U.S. going to a Van Halen concert. Yeah, I it, mean that's that's the that's the type of draw that In Flames has in Sweden on those festivals, and, that, and that's the kind of draw that Avatar wants. Yes, and they probably have it. Let's be honest. I mean, they, they, there's probably quite a people, quite a few people that show up at their shows. The interesting thing. As time goes on, uh, their 
drawing power in Sweden has waned considerably. Really? Yeah. And uh, because they became very Americanized with uh, what they're trying to do. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it would have been really hard to justify even listening to this that it was a Swedish band other than like, you know, the occasional like you'd have a track called Blood, you know, instead of Blood, you know, or something like that. But I mean... I guess my issue with this record is it just doesn't know what it wants to be. How, how I had talked about the self-titled being a transitional album of them still trying to figure out where they're at. Like, this is, okay, smells like a freak show. So we're going to go to the carnival, you know, and it, it's all still part of that. Hey, guys, you know, clowns are, you know, actually kind of scary if you really think about it. <laughs> um, it and it, it all just seems very, like... Oh my god, have you guys ever played Bioshock? It's like Art Deco, like everybody's like really happy, but like secretly they're all murderers. Like all that stuff just seems really on the nose to me. And they just kind of grabbed it by the ears and went full force with it. And like that that's the one thing that kind of bugs me about it. But beyond that though, there's other elements of this album that do not fit with that at all. Where, you know, th- there there's heavier moments on the record where they're just like, you guys ever heard Pantera? Yeah, and it could, th- that gets really bad on the next album, but it is here. Yeah, this this album is quirky as fuck. I mean, yeah, it, it's all over the place. It, it is not an album as much as it is a playlist. It's like, hey, you know what? I like these songs. Let's put them on a playlist and then click it and hit random. And that's kind of what you can do with the Black Waltz, and it doesn't fucking matter because it's all going to sound the same. I'm feeling lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no beginning or end to the album. Uh, if I do have a big complaint about it, that's probably one of my biggest. I like the fact that it's weird as shit and doesn't know what the hell it wants to be a little bit. You know, that's kind of a breath of fresh air every once in a while. Uh, but the one thing that... Uh, that this album got us number one was we I, uh, like I said we we lost our our machine of a guitar player he's gone bye bye and now oh you can tell oh god you yes. can tell big time they they get really basic bro on this oh yeah they do and now uh, uh Johannes Ekstrom uh, decided hey you know what you know we got a music video coming up and uh, for the Black Waltz and. Uh, he has a makeup artist put the um, makeup on him for the video, and he pretty much had an epiphany, and he was like, this is who Avatar is. This is what I want the band to be. And uh, loved it so much that they went ahead and put the picture of him uh, with that style of makeup on the cover of the Black Waltz album, and Ugh. it's pretty much uh, the direction they went moving forward. I mean, that was their thing. And then we got Hail the Apocalypse. Which 2014. Is a flaming dog pile that somebody lit on fire in front of my door and I stamped it out and got pissed off. And I'm like, I, this shit is stuck to me. Why the, the joke hell? The is, is that Jeff's an old man. Yeah. But I just, you know, it's stuck with me. I don't want it to be stuck with me. I like the others. This is just crap. I'm sorry. It, it, it's actually starting to get popular in the States. I think on the Indies, it made it in the top 20 this album did and i was like are you fucking kidding me i think this is trash i've listened to this album so many times i can't even begin to tell you how much of an epiphany this week was this album being the follow-up to the black waltz i thought okay it's more of that that's fine having heard 
thoughts of No Tomorrow, Schlocked, and Avatar, I no longer have that opinion. It, it sounds like what it is. It wants to be somebody else that I heard on the radio or saw on stage. They want to I'm having a lot of trouble articulating how this makes me feel with the other albums in mind. This is what it sounds like when a band sells out for the masses instead of us elitist. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They they got a gimmick. They found out it works great. Let's dumb down our music so people can jump around to it in concert. Sound about right? Yeah. Is that what audiences were doing in 2014? To this, yes. And we, uh, like we know people that love this the, stuff. This appeals to the lowest common denominator for what they think that a metal fan is. It's like the, the, the ideal audience member that they had in mind when they put this piece of garbage together was an exaggeration of what they thought that an American metal fan was. And, and, they, weren't, and they weren't if wrong. Hail, if, if Hail to the Apocalypse had come out in 1998 or 99 during the, during the new metal stuff, I think this would have been even bigger than it was. But like, I feel like heavy music fans collectively have moved on from stuff like this. Again, it's it's the whole. Look at how creepy my makeup is, dude. Nobody cares. Oh, you go. Oh, okay, clowns are scary. It's scary because like he's smiling, but he's like actually not really happy. He's actually crazy. Like crazy smiles. It's crazy, right? Do you guys get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? It's like, oh my god, look at these clowns. Aren't these clowns scary? We're at a carnival. Carnivals are where you're supposed to have fun, but it's not really fun. It's more like killing people. Isn't that so cool in metal? It's like you could have used this as an art form to express yourself, but instead you just kind of threw all these ideas of what you think is cool out there and hoping that somebody would latch onto it. And like I've said about a lot of bands like this, unfortunately there is an uncomfortable amount of people that probably thought this was amazing. Yep, and that's true. I, I watched an interview with Johannes uh, not too long ago, and the dude just straight up pissed me off and talking about uh, originality in music, and I'm just he was being pretty much a douche. What's original about this? It, it's not, and that's kind of my point, and I think he knows that, and he's just... I mean, if I was in his position and I was like, you know what, the same person that listens to this, you know, listens to rap and pop music, too. Like, that's cool. You know what? More power to you. You know, because that's where the money's at. And this is the people listening to that, like, ooh, you want to. This is my edgy music. Avatar's my edgy metal band. I'm like, you know, go fuck yourself. But that's my personal opinion. You know, you want edgy and you, you want brutal. This is not the band that I, I would be thinking of. Watch out, everybody. Dan has the Mr. Spell. I'm sorry. I'm just speechless. This, this record really caught me by surprise because. I really thought that after the Black Waltz, we were going to get something that was going to be like a true revelation of what their vision was. And then we got this and I'm just kind of like, wow, like way to take a huge dump on what you've done before. Because like you can't really even mix these songs with the old songs and it sound right. Right. In, in a concert. I, I agree. Yeah, it's like you have to go out and pretty much just play this from beginning to end or you have to you have to to accomplish the monumental task of actually writing something similar or worse than this which is exactly what they did if you go see Rammstein today you expect them to be wearing outfits and have flames and lasers and it be 
a performance visually as much as it is audible. If you go see Alice Cooper, you know exactly what you're going to get. At some point, Avatar went from being Gothenburg-influenced death metal to metalcore to the band that expects everyone in the building to be there to see them, and I don't feel like they earned it. Yeah, they probably, um, you know, it, it was kind of a 180 turn, but, you know, you, you're kind of hitting on something. They decided that, hey, you know, we're going to sell because of our look and our shock value. The problem is, is they should have changed the name of the band. You know, they should have taken a, a page from Ghost. I mean, because... They went from brutal as fuck to shit music, and they're popular as hell because of it. And that's essentially what they're trying to do. They're trying to be the scary, you know, freak show version of Ghost instead of the, you know, super religious freaky shit that they were going for. They went for the sideshow freak instead. Well, I would say, I would say that Ghost succeeds way more. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I... I had evoking that feeling... I, I have uh, a sneaking suspicion, though, if Avatar would have released the uh, from the Black Waltz on as a different band name with all the makeup and stuff, I think they would have done a, a lot better, and I think there would have been fewer people critical of them because there'd be fewer people to uh, put the you know put the pieces together. If they'd been sold to me as a fun band, which I think is what you're trying to say, yes then it would have been fine right from the get-go like i said if they you know what was um oh god what was the name of the ghost that he was in before ghost uh repugnant repugnant was fucking brutal as hell and it was awesome that's our kind of metal but for the general masses no the metal they want is ghost and the ticket sales and the album sales prove that because he didn't do shit as repugnant even though we loved it we're in a position now where we're looking at things as being like uh, the critics' darling. You know, that's repugnant. But the masses could give two shits about the critics' darling. They just want to have fun with whatever it is. You know, it's the same reason why there's, you know, art house films and blockbuster films. You know, they're both films, sure. But one of them is definitely for the masses, and then the other is for a much smaller sect of people. And I think that's kind of where we've gotten uh, a lot of times when we're, whenever we're talking about this music. We are so inundated with metal in our lives, you know, that we need something that's a high quality to allow us to enjoy it because we listen to it every fucking day. So the avatars and the ghosts of the world, you know, can go take a flying leap because that's just not our thing. We need something that, you know, is full of ingenuity that is still quality. And that's not what we're getting on this. Yeah, I mean, what Jeff said, uh, I, I couldn't have said it articulately. There would have been a lot of shouting and <laughs> things like that. I think the biggest difference, though, between a band like Avatar and a band like In Flames is I've never been, like, in love with Avatar. So I'm not necessarily, like, I don't feel personally betrayed by the changes that they've made. So I'm not coming at it from that angle. But, like, you get to you get to an album like Feathers and Flesh... 2016 I just can I can I just can I read what my streaming app has as a description for this album <laughs> I gotta hear this a concept one. album it is the story of an owl who goes to war against the world wow man that's like really something I could relate to personally um the, you guys filled 14 tracks 
uh, coming in at almost an hour long. And it's a concept that's like, uh, what I'm trying to think of the word to describe this concept, like a stupid one. <laughs> and it, one that definitely shouldn't have taken an hour to explain. And I'm just having, like, I, I, I'm assuming that when they toured on this, that this was a huge theatrical production. And I, I hope that that means that at the end of every performance, there was a bunch of feathers all over this stage. Uh, because if not, like, what are we even doing here? But, like, they're still doubling down on this whole, like, it's a freak show. It's a carnival. It's so cool. You know, it's like it's supposed to make you happy, but it's bad. It's it's actually really bad. And and, and we're bad. And, and like, that's what makes us metal and stuff. You know what and I like? They're still doing that while still trying to give a concept. They're talking about how this is a grand concept album. But like, I don't hear that. This sounds like the same old crap we've gotten from Avatar for the last two albums. Yeah. You know what's funny for me? I'm wondering if somebody's got a kid in the band and read uh, Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. I was just thinking that, yeah. Because yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. I was like, either you read the books, or you saw the movie, and they're like, that would be an awesome concept album. Owls are actually super brutal if you think about it. Well, the movie, the movie's fucking awesome, man. I mean, I watched oh, that I shit know. without my kids. <laughs> I've read, the, I've actually read the book or listened to the books. Oh, okay. Uh, the audiobooks, because um, my kids really like them. Yeah, I've I've read the first book with my kids uh, a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but like ten years ago. But yeah, it's more trash, just dressed up as a concept album. <laughs> That's my opinion. I I. Here we are. We're shitting on Joe's band. I'm sorry, man. Well, it's it's funny because I'm sitting there like trying to find a redeeming quality to it, and I'm just not because even their most shining moments are derivative of other bands at best, and they're derivative of bands that aren't like relevant in 2016, which isn't a big deal necessarily. I mean, you can't help who your influences are, but I just feel like the, the influence was the shiny green dollar. It, it's just again a whole bunch of random stuff thrown together in the guise of being quirky and original but there's no there's no substance to it there's no payoff does that make sense or am i just talking to myself I, I don't know like i think it fails at being a concept album it sounds like an album that was created because somebody said we need to write a concept album there are certain tropes that you will fall into if you have been instructed to write a concept album if it doesn't happen fluently or if it's not written by one person it sounds like an andrew lloyd weber production at that point well here comes the overture here comes the fast part okay here comes the part where we go back and talk about the concept even though it doesn't make any sense in the content of this song that i'm listening to if you can't write concept albums or if you fail to write an interesting one it's not going to succeed it's not going to be well received but the audience is expected to buy into it because we're Avatar. This is our concept album. If I wanted to listen to a good concept album in 2016, I would listen to Candiria, or I would listen to Colors again. There are so many concept albums at this point, it's not a market I think a band like this can compete in. I was waiting for them to do something original or something that set it apart, but the only thing that they did was add little pieces of fake Opeth-sounding improvisation. Unfortunate, it's not the musician's fault. Somebody decided this is what they were going to do. It just didn't work. And if it's not interesting, I'm not going to listen to it. 
I don't have much to say that I haven't said already uh, on the previous album. This is just just not my thing. You know, the funny thing is, is this album was widely praised by mainstream critics. In what country? This one, meaning the United States. That's because States. sometimes people think that random stuff is actually like genius instead of taking it for what it actually is, which is just random ideas thrown together. Some people like Grindcore too, but we let them have their thing. Hey, I love Grindcore. <laughs> Grindcore's focused. Well, I think a, a big part of it too is the producer that they worked with uh, is super famous on this album, and that's Sylvia Massey. And that name has pretty much been attached to anything and everything popular. You know, System of Down, Johnny Cash, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tool. I mean, they've been all, she's been all over the place. So I think that's part of the reason why uh, people saw her name and like, oh, must be good. And she praised the band, said they were great to work with and all that kind of jazz. So, and that's how we got this album. And that's normally whenever an album sucks. In it sucks in comparison to what everything before because I mean compared to 2018's Avatar Country. Oh, it's it's a fucking gem compared to Avatar. It sounds country. like Master of Puppets in comparison. First thing I noticed was every song has the word King in it. Who's the King? Is it Elvis? King Diamond. Please tell me it's Elvis. I think we're closer to King Diamond than Elvis, man. I'm sorry. Oh, you're probably right because of the makeup, man. How did I miss that? <laughs> Ugh. I'm losing it, guys. I'm losing my touch. The first time I heard Avatar Country on Spotify, uh, the first... What the hell is the first song? It sucks balls, whatever it is. Glory I was driving to the, the first king. time I heard Glory Avatar to the Country. king. Okay. So you're thinking Legend of the King, actually, because Glory to Our King is it's just the, the intro. intro. Yeah. Okay. I mu this must be another band named... They're trying to do Ghost. Yes. I thought this was another band. I like Ghost. At least it knows what it is. This is just trying to do something someone else has already tapped into. But I, I genuinely thought that Spotify, because... Did you think Spotify made a mistake the first time you heard this? Yes, I did, because they. whenever you do, you know, band names, a lot of times you'll get smaller bands that have the same name, that have their, you know, have their stuff uploaded to Spotify. And I'm like, okay, this is just a different band name, Avatar. And I'm like... No, no, no. And this is it. And this is really bad. And I have to admit, I did not finish this album because it sucked so hard. It is a massive pile of shit. I was driving the first time I heard The King Welcomes You to Avatar Country. I had a couple of thoughts. The first thought was, well, let's see where this goes. And the other thought was, I could just drive off this bridge, too. And the driving <laughs> off the bridge sounded infinitely more appealing. Luckily, I just I just turned it on. I just turned Devil Driver on instead. There you go. And it was a lot better off. But I can tell you, this is this is a dumpster fire. Not to use a generic term, but it's the only thing that really applies. This band has, like, it's almost like somebody listened to this podcast before it was published. Listened to all the stuff that we made fun of Avatar for, and then made a joke album based off of what we said. It's everything that we complained about on the last album exaggerated to the ninth degree. Like, really? Oh, I get it. The King welcomes you to Avatar Country. Avatar Country. Old school rock and roll. Wow. It's kind of bluesy, isn't it? I'm just surprised it wasn't country. Nobody that listens to melodic death metal wants this. Which is fine. All those people are gone anyway. Hey, I'm right here. But I mean, seriously, I just mean people that listen to Avatar this late into their career. 
can't you can't possibly still be a mellow death fan and like this and that's fine however i would say you can't really even be a fan of the last two albums and like this because at least those albums still had some sort of semblance of we're a metal band and now it's just we're making fun of you for buying this record because we we've gone so far off the beaten path now that we don't really care what you think about it but like i don't know what they're trying to do like there's some songs where they want to be iron maiden and, and fail at it horribly there's songs where they they, they want to play the blues and they fail at it horribly there's songs where they want to be king diamond and they fail at it horribly like none of it has any real substance behind it other than a coat of paint it's almost like the concept of each song is like a thumbnail that you click on and then whenever you get the full picture you realize that it never actually resizes to full screen it's just that thumbnail it's what you think you're going to be experiencing and then realize that just the little snippet that you had is all that was really there i think that says it best i'm sorry i'm not trying to be that guy i just i just uh i, I don't know what they were thinking on this album and i it, clearly i don't know how the music industry works because i guess this did fine i don't know uh they're probably recording a new album right now and i don't ever want to talk about it no unless they uh do a 180 and say you know what we fucked up we made our money now do you want to hear some good music and they're like, go listen to Meshuggah. No, then they're going to pull an In Flames and say, yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to you want to hear some good music. And then they play Feathers and whatever the fuck it is. We're going to go back. We're going to go back a couple years, guys. This this song <laughs> is called The Search for I. Let it burn. Let it burn. Final thoughts on Avatar. Jeff. They start for the first three albums and I even the fourth. Black Waltz, I, I enjoy as well. Uh is just a fantastic band musically sound especially on the first three albums and uh they turn into the dumpster fire that everybody loves to see apparently except us because they switched styles and they made a lot of money doing so and got big fucking egos in the process and uh can't stand the shit at all now which is really disappointing because where they came from was amazing dan what about you Oh boy. I think I'm good. Like, the first three albums are really good. And we always talk about on this show whether or not the good outweighs the bad. And I say in this case, it really doesn't. Because even the albums that I said are really good are derivative of other bands at best. I'm sorry. Derivative of other bands at worst. But I'm willing to sacrifice those those first three albums as long as I never have to think about this band again. That's all I got. I like Avatar in concept if that concept is we're a goofy eccentric bunch of metalheads that write songs that are not conventional the early albums are not the same band that we have today they're not even the same band we have in the middle of the discography if someone is listening to swedish metal that is theatrical in nature and this is what you're looking for you already know about it and you probably haven't listened to anything prior to 2010. Don't think Avatar is a band I want to listen to today, but I'm glad we have four albums of material that I will occasionally look back on and listen to and enjoy, even if they're just out of place and weird. Jeff, what's your album of the week? Oh, I'm going to cheat, and uh, my album of the week is actually an EP, and it is... The Art of War by Vader. 
Oh, Vader. Dude, I fucking love Vader, man. They the they need more love here, man. I'm telling you. So does that mean Jeff's going to come back for the inevitable Vader episode? Yeah, that's going to take like, like 16, 16 albums. albums. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Start it's listening it. now. Yep. And uh, I have to say this. Uh, the title track, This Is The War. Fucking love that video, man. It's animated. It's definitely early 2000s animation. But I could give two shits because it's about war and it's got mechs in it and it's vader and it's vader so how can you go wrong the answer is you can't especially after listening to later uh avatar i was like i gotta get something to get this out of my system and i'm like ooh, <laughs> vader hell yeah and vader's there and he's like <laughs> standing he's standing out holding his hand going come with me son oh dude it, i tell you what you can talk about a palate cleanser that's exactly what it was for me. Thank God. Dan, what about you? Well, I mean, I wish mine was that awesome, although I think I think mine's pretty awesome. Mine has been Infernal Atrocity by Revulse, which I just got on vinyl. Thank you, Jason Sherlock. Nice. It's, it's brutal. So how's the mix on the vinyl? Incredible. Very cool. It's very brutal. It's probably one of the one of the most brutal vinyl records that I have. You always wonder, you're like, what do the grooves look like? They gotta be all over the place, but it's just not how it works, Dan. <laughs> They're deep. <laughs> deep grooves. Deep grooves. I'm going to write that down as a new idea for a show. What is it? Don't know yet. You get just some creepy music in the background. It's all Hello, trip hop. This is, this, this is Jeff Kane, and you're listening to Deep <clears throat> Grooves. Deep Grooves. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. One more, Jeff. Come on. You are listening to Deep Grooves, presented by DiscussMetal.com. So next week we're gonna to get together and talk about Porta's head. Am I right? <laughs> yes, yes, man. You better yeah. believe it. And Morchiba and oh yeah, Massive, Massive Attack. Attack. Yeah. Because it's weird and eccentric. And the first album I heard by this band, my album of the week is Black Waltz. Listen to it if you want to be entertained at the sheer randomness that they create. And then if you have to listen to more records, go back in time, please. Set your time machine to 88 and go back in time. Yeehaw. Have you ever been listening to this podcast and wondered, how come these guys haven't talked about my favorite band yet? I want to hear these guys absolutely trash my favorite band or absolutely praise my favorite band. Well, you can do that. There's a lot of different avenues you can take to get a hold of us. The easiest ones are as follows. You can find us on Facebook under Discography Discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can even find us on our own Discord server. There's a link in the show notes. If you click on that link, you'll get connected to our Discord server where you can talk to us in real time. We have an official group on Facebook that you can join, the Discography Discussion official group under our main page. Just send a request to join, and I will approve you most likely. You can also go old-fashioned and send us an email at show at gmail.com and just let us know. Say hello, give us band suggestions, anything you want. We are here for you, and you can get a hold of us through all of those means, and as time goes on, probably even more means. And on that note, this has been episode 127 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. 
give me your money. Right.